Okay. Welcome everybody to Hot and Rich, a show about celebrities. I'm your host, Kate Raft. It's Wednesday, September 9th. We took Monday off because it was Labor Day, and everybody knows that we respect labor on this show. So how are you? How are you, Jack? I'm fine. How are you? You're a bit quiet, mate. Oh yeah, I'm a little bit tired today. I'm exhausted. Maybe it's because we're breathing in um, ash. ash. Yeah, could be. Or just you know, being tired is a normal human phenomenon. But, could be both. But just so everybody knows, we're on fire over here, and I don't mean the good kind of on fire where you're like yeah i'm on fire baby yeah i'm killing it we're on fire yeah, i'm on fire i mean a, a little bit i'm on fire but mostly like there's a massive forest fires all over the west side of the united states it's really bad in the bay area the skies are orange do you see that jack Mm-hmm. san francisco is all orange scary it's like blade runner really does like, Everything looks like the poster for Dr. Sleep these days. I know. Are we going to die? I don't think so. Are we going to die? It was nice to take Monday off. I had a nice Labor Day. I drank some salad cocktails with my friend Tay. Um, what, did you have a nice Labor Day, Jack? Take, did you have a nice day off? Yeah, did it was fine. Did you do fun? Nope. <laughs> I don't care for fun, so I never do it. What do, you, what do you do for fun? I don't. You don't have this stuff. I don't have it. You don't I, have I it. opt out. What do I do you for fun? You opt out of fun? I'm outside of it altogether. As a life choice, you just opt out. You're like, I'm eh, out. I'm, I'm done with it. There's nothing left. Oh, Molly, Molly Sleazy Friends. Oh, is that Molly Lambert in the chat? Says, what's a salad cocktail? Great question. A salad cocktail is when I make a cocktail and put fruits and veggies in it. So this weekend we had some tequila soda with some blueberries and strawberry slices and lime slices. It was delicious. I love a salad cocktail. It's healthy and it's cute. Okay. It's fall, everyone. It's never been more fall, in fact. Um, so quick plug, tune in to Fall Talk, which is tomorrow, Thursday, the 10th at 6 p.m. Pacific time on twitch.tv slash Joan Haley Ford. Molly is going to be a guest. Molly Lambert. We also have Eva Anderson, Jeremy Guskin, Jessica Svensgarden, of course. It's hosted by myself and Joan Haley Ford. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be a great show. I'm playing a pumpkin spice latte, which is sort of my alter ego. I am a pumpkin spice latte all the time. It's not really a character. Like, it is true to me. It's not like I have to act, because, like, my natural state is PSL. It's not really acting, even though I do consider myself an actor. Wouldn't you say I'm an actor, Jack? Oh, yeah. An actor. I'm an actor. Yes. Oh. Well, I don't know. I guess you're just actor an actor. is gender neutral. You're just an actor. I'm an actor. I'm also an actoress, but I think I believe actor is gender neutral. Oh goodness, goodness, goodness! I'm tired. I am tired. I'm tired too. I took like the saddest nap. It was like I only had time for a fifteen minute or 
a 15 minuter. Wow. So I literally like set my alarm and I was like, fuck it, we're doing this. We're taking a 15 minute nap. I set my alarm. I actually went to sleep for 15 minutes. Snoozed for two extra minutes. So it ended up being like a 17 minute nap. But that's sad. That's not enough. That's not enough of a nap. Why did I make myself so busy? I thought these were the days of relaxing and doing nothing. But that part of quarantine is over. Now it's time to get back to work. I guess. I got to work less. I have to work less. I have to work less. Hmm. TBD on that. Okay. Um, we're going to get into the Kardashians being canceled in a big way. That's actually all I have planned to talk about today in the first half. And in the second half, we're going to be joined by an amazing, amazing guest. You are all going to love my guest. Reed Bryce is coming on the show. He's a hilarious comedian. We love Reed Bryce, friend of mine. Most yeah, Reed's great. Reed's the best. Um, so Reed's coming on in the second half. We're going to talk about drag race and like star is born and some youtuber stuff reed is so funny at that dang dingus on twitter you should all follow reed okay should we just get into it jack yeah that sounds good to me do you care okay do you care about the kardashians being canceled Keeping only in the-, the sense that i'm like she's gonna run for office you think kim's gonna run well kim yes I uh, eventually I actually don't. I actually think maybe she's not. Wow. Then what do you think all the criminal justice shit and being a lawyer is about? I don't know. I go back and forth on whether she's going to run. I don't know. She will probably, maybe she'll run as a Republican. Would she, you're thinking she would run as the Republican? I, I, you know, when she runs, I have no idea what the parties are even going to look like. Or even if this country will exist. Frankly, shit's really, it's going down, you know? Okay. um, I I mean, I don't know why Kim is, like, going off to be a lawyer and working with Van Jones. Like, this is, like, the the talent agencies representing people in politics and people in entertainment. So I'm like, of course she, like, you know. I know. She'll run. I think you're right. I think she'll run. I mean, it's, like, interesting because I feel like Kanye running is not a part of that plan. I agree. And like that's thrown her off of her track that she was on to run, to potentially run. I think perhaps. And if you want me to be very conspiracy uh, theory about it, maybe that's what make Kanye run in the first place. Well, like Kim is saying, like, I'm going to run someday. And he's like, you know what? I'm me too. Run now. Yeah. I, d- I do think that he like wouldn't respect her career choices <laughs> at all like i do think that he would be like fuck that like i'm better than kim i'll run <laughs> like you know what i mean like i don't know the whole thing is fascinating let's just get into it i don't even have hot seconds today there's no hot seconds wow we just have the kardashians are over this is the whole segment for the beginning of the show i was gonna talk about some other stuff but you know what? let me just briefly touch on some other stuff before we get to the kardashians I'm excited for the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Okay, I watched the trailer for it today. I think it's going to be good, Jack. Real Housewives of Salt Lake yeah. City. They're like it's like what is some it, like of them, Mitt Romney's wife. It kind of like it's that it's like people like there's some ex-Mormons 
and they they seem like they drink and stuff um but like it just seems good like one of the people on real housewives of salt lake city like married her her step grandfather so she could like inherit the family business and they they're like really married she like did incest that's wild kind of not blood incest but like step adjacent you know step incest step cest step cest which is something that's really something i think it'll be a great show i really do i am excited i think we need a new housewives franchise i think some of the franchises i'm okay if they end let's get some new blood salt lake city maybe we're done with orange county i could i don't need that much trump representation trump supporter representation in my housewives I don't need the entire franchise of Orange County can go as far as I'm concerned. I think you're going to get a few in Salt Lake City. Oh, you know what? When you put it that way. (laughs) Yeah, they're probably super Trumpy, huh? Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Well, fuck it then, I guess. Who am I to say who can be a real housewife? Why would reality TV people draw the line at liking Trump? These are like the worst people of all time. That's why you like them. What you're like, you're like, they scream at each other and call each other names. She like pooped the, she pooped in the Ramona hotel room. Like pooped she pooped herself. herself in a hotel room, but supporting Trump. <laughs> oh my. You know what? I guess you really can't look too deep into like, why do we like these shows? Is it bad that they're on TV? You can't even ask those questions, I guess. Because the answer is going to be like, you, you can, you shouldn't watch it. But it's not a good, you won't like the <laughs> you answer. You won't like the way it's like, you don't want to look at at the mirror and see yourself watching these shows and really examining that because it's not good. Oh my God. Molly in the chat says, I have some Salt Lake City gossip. We'll tell you later. Can't wait. Okay. Um, Andy Cohen said that Dorinda might come back, that she just needs to take a pause. So I feel like Dorinda's maybe going to take next season off and then come back. That's my guess. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't make sense for her to be gone forever. I feel like we're not done with Dorinda. She just needs a break. And I know you have no opinions on this, Jack, because, frankly, I don't even think you know who Dorinda is. I know. She's got short hair. Oh? She's an older lady. Okay. And she's the main one. She's the, like, the tall golden girl of them. You think she's, like... The tall the Dorothy? Golden, yeah, the do- the Dorothy of them. <laughs> okay. Because she's taller or something. She's not. <laughs> at all. Honestly, Maybe I like, got the shows mixed up. There's no Dorothy of any Real Housewives franchise. Cause they should get her Dorothy. They need a Dorothy. You're right. That's so funny. Wow. <laughs> I love like what the stuff that seeps into your like the stuff well, that you... I'm just like walk, j- walking to the kitchen <laughs> to get water. So I kind of just like it's like when you're falling asleep and the dream kind of collects the stuff from the day. Like right. I have a dream understanding of all these shows because I just catch little like five second clips. That's hilarious. OK, let's talk about the Kardashians. I think they stink. OK, the Kardashians are over. We got to get this out so that we can get read on the show. I don't want to be late for Reed. I don't want to take time away from Reed. Let's get into it. The Kardashians were canceled. They've been on the air for like 14 years. Wow. Mm, People couldn't stop watching. My whole life, pretty much. Honestly, it's one of these things where it's like you hate to look at it, 
but you can't look away. It's the reason why I called the show Keeping Up With The Karkrashians. And now it turned out to be a fatal accident. Jack! <laughs> I mean, it really is the end of an era, and I'm actually shocked because I thought that they would keep the show going. I mean, a big part of their fame and their, like, business and like the way they continue to be like so in the public eye is because they have this show like they are on tv in our homes once a week on reruns all the time like that does like matter that matters more than i think they maybe even realize i don't think that this was chris's choice if i had to guess okay the next whole segment of the show is just going to be me guessing theories about why the show got canceled i have a lot of takes on this there are a lot of different competing narratives i think there's probably truth to everything there's probably several reasons this is going off the air a lot of people are saying oh it's kanye's fault oh it's kanye's fault i think there's truth to that it might partially be kanye's fault a lot of people are saying like oh like i think the official party line from e is like it was just time it's been a long run. It's time. It was just time. I mean, we all know Courtney stopped filming. She doesn't want to be on the show anymore. And I think that, um, I think that maybe the breaking point was the Kanye stuff. But I think it's a lot of reasons. Let's get into it. This is Kim's official statement about the show getting canceled. Okay. To our amazing fans, it is with heavy hearts that we've made the difficult decision as a family to say goodbye to keeping up with the Kardashians. After what will be 14 years, 20 seasons, hundreds of episodes, and numerous spinoff shows, we're beyond grateful to all of you who've watched us for all these years. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, it goes on. It's like, I'm not going to read this whole thing. Our last season will air early next year in 2021. And then she goes on to say, like, without keeping up with the Kardashians, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be where I am today. I'm so incredibly grateful. Blah, 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 dee, blah. Um, shaping our careers and changing our lives forever with love and gratitude. Kim. So she gives this whole statement. Kind of saying nothing. Um, the family gives their own statement that just cuts out that last paragraph. This is the fam, the, the, the like, the whole family's statement from Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Rob, Kendall, Kylie, and Scott. Um, it's the same statement as Kim's, but Kim added that last paragraph in for hers. But listen. Oh, here's an interesting theory in the chat. Cosmo Cat says, I think they're leaving to start their own network like those house people in Waco. <laughs> um... He's or uh, Cosmo Cats, of course, talking about Chip and Joanna Gaines and the Magnolia Home Network. I don't think so. I actually don't think they want to be on camera anymore. I think Chris m might join Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I know in my gut that Kyle Richards really wants that to happen. I just know it because Kyle has like no <laughs> real allies on that show right now besides Teddy and Teddy is bad TV and everybody knows it. Um, doesn't mean Teddy's a bad person. She's just bad TV. Okay. It's actually good to be bad on TV. It's kind of like means maybe you have some shred of sanity. I don't know. Anyway, we're not talking about the real house. I was talking about the Kardashians and I want to just rewind us to where I think the breaking point sort of hit a fever pitch. And that was in July of this year, when Kanye took to Twitter during a very public mental health situation and 
tweeted a bunch of stuff. We're not going to like relitigate all the tweets, but he did say that um, he called Kim and Chris white supremacists in this blowout. And he talked about not wanting like the kids to be filmed and like called Chris Jenner, like Chris Jong Un. And like, I think that this is like, this was something that like stuck out to me. No one ever calls out Chris like this. Like Caitlyn Jenner called Chris out in her book and that, and then no one talked to Caitlyn ever again. Like it's sort of like this unspoken thing. I think where if you go against Chris, like you're out, like you're out of the family and like Kanye took to Twitter and like, I mean, he deleted all the tweets, but like he went for Chris like on Twitter, which like doesn't happen a lot. And I think that that unpredictable factor, like maybe why Chris was like, we, d- we can't do the show. I don't know if that's true. I think that Kanye didn't want Kim and the kids on the show anymore. Here's my theory. I think Kanye was like, hey, Kim, I want a divorce. And she was like, please, no, please, no. Because as we all know, Kim's brand desperately needs Kanye. She needs to be married. It's like above everything in her life, like the, that is her brand. And like her brand was shit before Kanye. She was like a JCPenney, like, you know, licensing deal away from obscurity. So I think she desperately doesn't want a divorce. And I think Kanye said, fine, I'll stay with you if you quit the show and you don't let the kids be on the show either. And so I think without Kim, there's no show. Like, no one's going to watch the show without Kim. She's the star of the show. Chris knows it. Everybody knows it. Um, yeah, that, that sounds like it makes sense to me. I don't, Actually, I don't yeah. think Kanye wants... Because he's also very much, like, doesn't like... I don't think he likes when she's, like, sexy on camera. I don't think he likes when she's, like... I don't think he wants her on TV anymore. I think he wants her, like, off of the show. And also, there's this. Look at this. This next slide here. Kim didn't want this as a storyline on the show anyway. Like, she didn't want the cameras following this Kanye thing. She, at the time that this was all going down, said the cameras stay out of this. Like, this is not going to be filmed. Um, so, yeah, I think they're pivoting. Well, that's just, honestly, that's malpractice as a reality star. Like, you honestly, you can't keep your show. If your husband is Kanye West and you're going through something like this and you're like, you can't film at that point, like you're not a reality character anymore. And that's good. And that's a good thing. I mean, I think for the the health of everybody involved, like it's obviously better to not have a reality show, like in any situation. Like, I think Chris is so furious, though. I think when I think when Kim quit, I think Kim quit the show. Which made the show unable to exist anymore i do believe that chris was not ready to let go of the show i think from a business standpoint from like where chris jenner stands it's like a terrible decision to end the show um so yeah i think there's some i think there's some tension here's the really interesting thing there's this article in the sun that came out a couple hours ago let's show that uh it says Chris Jenner pulled the plug on keeping up with the kardashian before son-in-law kanye west could do irreversible damage to the brand now, I don't know if this is true. This is totally unsubstantiated, and I think some sources denied that this was true, but I wonder if there's a, threat, a, a, sh- a shred of truth to this because um, a source said Chris and Kanye 
were fighting over the production of the show, which I do think Kanye as an artist, like he would have feedback on the show. Like you should show this. You should not show this. You should show Kim looking this way. You should not show Kim looking that way. Like I believe that Kanye would be like a little controlling on the production side. Let's let's look at that, Jack. So it says here, an insider claimed the rapper had tried to fight constantly with Chris over production and the direction that the show was going. Chris was not allowed about not about to let anybody take the reins. Um, a source admitted that when Kanye became uncontrollable and Chris knew she that's when Chris knew she needed to pull the plug before he does irreversible damage to her brand. I think maybe there's a shred of truth to this. Now, this next part is is what I really think is true. And I, I have no basis for thinking this is true other than this article. But basically, oh, well, let's go to the next slide here. Basically, a source said that Kanye threatened to live stream any attempt by her to lock him up following his claims that she tried to get him hospitalized. A source added, quote, he's told her that if the Kardashian family try and stage an intervention, he'll live stream it on Twitter and show the world the truth. End quote. I kind of believe that. I think Kanye, like, would threaten to, like, live stream something. Don't you, Jack? I think so. Yeah, I believe that. I feel like that. that is, like, and I actually think that's why they went to that fortress to work on their marriage because he probably was taken somewhere without cell phone service, so he couldn't live stream it. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I, you know, that's also a way to, to protect yourself a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, the Karda like people were talking about, like, the Kardashians are going to, like, get you locked in a, you know, uh, a mental institution or something like that. You know what I that's mean? That's not what you want. No. Yeah. No, I, I don't think that, like, I, I, I'm for, like, Kanye having that, like I'll live stream thing as like a, an insurance policy against like being taken advantage of however or whatever because you never know we don't know what's going on with Kanye and the family like on that level like we just don't know what's going on other than like these alleged sources that are leaking stuff anyway that's my theory um I think it's a little bit of column a a little bit of column b I think Chris I could see Chris pulling the plug on the whole thing because she, because Kanye, the Kanye variable is too unknown, and she wouldn't want to, wouldn't want him to come after her again in a more like serious way, because he was kind of being jokey the first time. But like, I think she's maybe scared that that he'll like do some big expose against them or something. I don't know. I I do think I do feel in my gut that Chris is not happy that the show is ending. I feel that. Do you Whoa. see what's happening in the chat here? Denise is leaving Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. This is happening right now. Wow, that's just breaking. Do we know yeah, anything else? It's on else? Variety. It says in uh, perhaps what is the most logical occurrence, a representative has confirmed that Denise Richards uh, has confirmed she will not be returning. Wow. Uh, but they say she's been miserable. <laughs> I mean, why would she return? They treated her terribly and, like, tried to out her. And, like, that was, like, the whole plot line this season. Like, let's out Denise. Like, um, okay. Wow. That's huge. By the way, Zach Braff and Florence Pugh, they're still together. Okay. I don't, I don't even need you to play the thing, Jack. I'll just tell you guys straight up. They're still together. He Instagrammed a picture of her butt this weekend. 
All right, let's uh, let's get Reed on the line here, and we'll come back with our amazing guest. So just sit tight, my friends. Okay, everybody, we are back, and we have an amazing guest. You are going to love him. His name is Reed Bryce. Okay. A friend of mine, very funny comedian, writer, actor, drag performer here in L.A., a great Twitter follow, honestly, like trans comedy icon, like of the century. Uh, everybody give a warm, hot and rich welcome to Reed Bryce. Reed, thank you so much for being here. You look amazing. Of the century. I that's such an overhype. Now I'm going to go over like a wet fart. <laughs> no, I thought I think that it's an underhype. I think it's because there's a lot of centuries. There's a lot of centuries. How are you? Kate? I'm so good. Did you wear uh, yellow for me? Absolutely. I had to. I had to uh, bring it to the person who invented it. You have royalties coming to Thank you in Venmo so later. <laughs> I feel like I'm so happy you're here. You're like someone I've just like I want to be friends with you I like have said that to other people before like that we both know and I'm just like I I want to be closer to Reed I want to be closer oh to my Reed. gosh that's so sweet I'm a fan <laughs> we can absolutely be closer I think you're so fucking and I, funny I always wonder if it's because I kind of have one of those faces uh like that if you're like lost in a city and you're looking around like who's not gonna murder me if I go and ask I think I think I, I'm like that guy because <laughs> I get I get a lot of like uh city strangers coming up to me you know like that's sort our of dynamic <laughs> I get that too I feel like people are people are not like and scared enough of me <laughs> I want to be scarier I would love to be feared more why is that not I, more of a thing I want to be feared I want to be like like how dare you even look my way but it it's I, I'm I, I people come up to me all the time, all the time. Yeah, like as we were seeing with all of this this Kim K and Kanye stuff, if there is not a baseline fear, both for the safety of them and for everyone around them, you're not doing your job as a celebrity. Exactly, like you have to be feared. Like a good celeb is like you you don't even want to like make eye contact with like a, with a classic celeb, capital C yeah. celeb. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll do you think there are do you think there are any celebs right now like still working like? Who, who have that sort of rule in place. Like, no, like, I, I know. No, don't look. Oh, Ellen. Ellen, of course. Ellen, of course. But I think you're also not even allowed to like, like n notify that you're in the room. It's like an alien where she can, she can sense movements. So you just have to freeze up. I feel like I, I would, <laughs> I would, I would never look Ellen in the eye. Like I'll say that now. I'm, I would, I'm ready to I'm, die. Oh my God. Reed, you're going to die. Should we put your will together? I'm sure just by speaking her name, I'm now on a you list. Are. You can't be a fag in this town and cross her. No, oh no. <laughs> okay. Well, can I say the F word on Twitch? I don't know how things work. Jack, I have no. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, Jack, I can't faggot. say it. Okay, great. I'm not going to say it. Um, Read, by all means. Um, okay, but yeah. So with Ellen, it's like one time I was talking about Ellen and my power went out. She has those connections. I'm sure she could have your water turned off, too. I believe it. Like, she's got LADWP on, like, speed dial. Like, you want to talk shit? Do it through a throat that can't breathe. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Yep. Do it where you, no one can see you in your dark-ass house. No, don't come for it. And I feel like Kris Jenner has the same thing where she could, like, get the power turned out. I feel like Kris Jenner's going to sue me one day because I've talked so much shit and, like, <laughs> I'm scared. I'm genuinely Honestly, scared. I'm ready to to wipe every trace of hot and rich off the internet in case Kris Jenner sues me. No, no, me. no. 
She needs to come on the show. If she wants to be mad at you, she can work it out. Come to the red table. In the table. most neutral space possible, a Twitch show. Yeah, this is, yeah. The chat would, would, would go wild for Chris Jenner. They would take my side. Huh, Chris? Huh? You, you little coward? Yeah, you, you think you can just, you can just kill Kate if she talked badly about you? No, come on the show. Work it out. And then let us know what's happening with Kasha and Kim because we really we need re- to make sure that she's okay. We need to know. Like, I want to know, like. I want to know like oh my god I'm stressed for the kids like I'm stressed for the children I worry for the children I worry for North I lose sleep thinking about North I I worry for them even like looking at the things that are supposed to be good for them like their birthday parties seem like so extravagant and so beyond the scope of and maybe that's just me growing up poor I'm like they're never going to be able to look forward to anything no no like they're blowing their excitement wad and their anticipation wad when they're like three years old I think it's like, that's how you create like a Kylie Jenner. Like, what do you even? Yes. Right? Because like, sorry, I was touching my cat. I know I'm on a show, but I had to take time. Oh, to show the cat. Animal. Let's see your cat. What's your cat's name? Vinny, wait, come back. Oh, well, he immediately rejected well, me as soon as I wanted to give him attention. So <laughs> I mean, people like if there's any like great place to bring a cat into an interview, it's on a Twitch show. It's a very cat-friendly audience here. Um, okay, but Reed, <laughs> we have to talk about... We have only 19 minutes left, and there's oh. not enough time. We, we all, well, <laughs> Oh, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> I mean, I'll, you can come back any day. You can come back and be the guest every day if you want. Um, but, okay, we have to talk... I would totally be like your Ed McMahon, just hype you up all the Honestly, time. <laughs> I feel very hyped. I feel powerful. I feel blood coursing through my body like at like light Ooh. speed. That yeah. that sounded kind of sexual. I didn't mean to sexually harass. Oh no! I was gonna say we should either go find someone to kill or we should talk about drag because my yeah my my blood's hot too. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, I really want to talk about drag because I'm actually I'm new to drag because of quarantine. Like I found out that the only way to hang out with like my group of friends from high school was if I watched rupaul with them or drag race mm-hmm. or whatever every friday so i that for like the first few months of quarantine that was like my entire social life was like this one zoom call where we would ro- watch rupaul's drag race so i saw like the sherry pie season oh my gosh wait was that your first season to watch that's my first season like watching like live as it airs like i've watched old seasons before like i've dipped in but i've yeah. never like watched it actively like like sports yeah no, okay we'll, we'll walk it back a little bit because there are many layers to my reaction there uh i'm sure most people have at least heard of rupaul's drag race it's a it's a reality competition show much like you know top model uh in fact it was originally like part of the structure was a parody of top model because tyra banks was even more insane than any drag queen could (laughs) want to be yeah it was like that and project runway put together and these queens have to do everything themselves they have to build their looks they have to model it they have to act they have to sing that you know they just prove you're the greatest entertainer in the whole world and rupaul she was a supermodel of the world back in like 1994. She really like re, uh, reinvigorated drag as a mainstream entertainment form, and then she did it again uh, <laughs> a decade later with the with this show that she got with uh, World of Wonder. Uh, now on VH1, it was originally on Logo TV. <laughs> oh my God, you need to like. I feel like I like I'm getting a college credit right now. You're so like informed. <laughs> okay, great. This no, is I'm like... sorry. I could talk at people about drag all no, the time. I want you to talk at me. Okay, keep going. Keep going. Now, um, now this season was very distinct in that I did not watch it 
which is very funny to be like, I'm, a, I'm an expert, let me come on. Uh, the reason I didn't watch was because uh, this was like the 12th season, I believe. I think they're going into their 13th of the original format soon. Um, and this was the first, se- like, this was the first season where I, as a trans person, was like, oh, World of Wonder, again, did not let anybody who was an out trans person, but especially like an out trans woman, on the show by right. her own merits. Like, the only time an out trans woman has ever come on the show and not, like, come out like, on the show or later was uh, Gia Gunn. And that was an all-star season. Uh, and even then, she still got a lot of shit. Uh, God. And for whatever reason, uh, drag queens, uh, which, uh, and drag, uh, a lot of, a lot of like, people think the definition today is men who dress up like women. Um, but, it, but it's a more complicated art form than that. And that's where the, the problems are starting to come up in terms of, like, acceptance and uh, making sure that a show about self uh, expression is letting everyone express themselves. But like f- since the beginning of drag, it's been like all genders like doing it. Like and uh, like yeah. lots of trans people have done drag like forever. Oh, for sure. Like lots of little uh, dumb gay boys who started watching Drag Race and like season five want to pretend that they are historians, uh, but they don't realize that you can s- catch like Lou Sullivan, who was a trans man. Uh, activist and he died uh, during the AIDS epidemic. He describes going in drag and wanting to be a drag queen. A fat, like this was a person who was assigned female at birth. Like they were, they lived as a little girl and a woman for a while. Transitioned to become a man and still was like, oh, but sometimes I want to be a cute little gay guy and put on a dress. That's and that was back in the sixties. That's uh, so cool. In his, yeah, in his diary, he says he gives, like, a specific, like, an actual definition of drag. Because this is something I've been trying to find. It's like, what the fuck were they called? Like, what does it mean to them? Like, in the seedy little bars, when that was, like, your only escape, your only time that you could be in boy or girl mode right. uh, as a trans person was in drag. Yeah, and uh, he, he described it as he was trying to tell, like, a more, like, vanilla straight straight person, like, it's just when gay people dress how they want. Drag is when gay people dress how they like. That's great. And that's it. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, so Sherry Pine was uh, also an ex- like an exceptionally weird thing because uh, trigger warning, big trigger warning uh, around sexual assault and stuff. This this person was outed as being a sexual predator, removed from the show retroactively and disqualified, but they still aired the entire season just cutting around her as much as possible. And, and it I- was, and as someone who watched it, it was like really bad. <laughs> like it was like yeah. n- it was a, it was n- not like that entertaining. Again, like. I watched it to be with my friends, but like, I don't know if I would recommend that season. Like you can tell they were editing around this like bad person. And it was (laughs) funky. And I'm sure that they did it bottom line to save money. I'm sure they do not give a a fuck about these girls careers. And I think that like, I'm sure a lot of the, the, the dolls didn't want to cancel the season. Um, but I think it misserves their career. I think by making someone like Gigi good have to be in an awkward ass, <laughs> you know, thing or, you know, or any of the other, uh, people who, who competed this, this season, you're seeing them probably with big snippets, all the good stuff cut out. Cause they had to cut out all the good stuff of Sherry. They cut out everything right. of her. So like all of these Queens ended up having a weird, awkward, um, stain on all of these looks, all of the designers who made Sherry's looks, you know, and it, it was part of like them not doing a good enough vetting system outside of whether you were born with a penis or a vagina. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, okay, don't let any trans people on, but have a sexual like free, like predator on the show. Like, fuck yeah. you guys. Like, okay. Can you, can you tell me like, what do you think of RuPaul? Like, is she like, like 
transphobic or like where does RuPaul like stand on like trans stuff like these days like isn't this such a fascinating thing that maybe the first gay person like most of us saw um now is a person who like whenever he does interviews he'll he'll get asked and now he just refuses to talk about it but every time he does he says something like best case scenario awkward and cringy right you know grandpa stuff all the way up to just being straight up like explicitly transphobic and saying that like as far as as what she considers her art form to be uh women and people assigned female at birth are not necessarily included. <laughs> um, and I also think it's really interesting, like my relationship, like personally to her, because like I said, uh, probably the first gay person, she definitely was the first, not only like gay kind of person I saw uh, and, and recognized it as queerness because, you know, drag is so much that right. explicit. Uh, even a kid can understand like, oh, this is something else um, than it's like a regular gal. Um, it's just so interesting that someone who taught me, you know, because I was obsessed with her from boyhood. I, I watched the first season as it aired on Logo. In wow, all of its, so you're you know, like OG, like. No, I, I, I had found out about it um, through the grapevine back in the day because Raven, if you remember, I think she was a season two queen, season three. Uh, she was a Riverside queen where I'm from. I would go to some of the bars. I had, you know, a friend in my musical theater uh, troupe who was like a baby queen for her, was getting painted by her. So I've, I've been watching Amazing. it for a while. That's awesome. Yeah. And so it's it's very strange to realize, uh, looking back on it, how bad some of the how the optics were, the language was, right. and knowing that it was the gay community and the, even the trans community and drag community kind of like figuring out what those things should be. Yeah. Uh, but some of it also just wasn't. And also when I think about these things, like uh, you were talking about how it's all like a conspiracy with all this Kim and Kanye stuff. I think Drag Race started kind of as a conspiracy, too. Okay, I need you to get into this because we were DMing <laughs> about this and I was like, holy shit, maybe you're right. Okay, go, go, go. Anybody, please DM me if you want to and tell me if you think I'm wrong. But Willem uh, is a drag queen who I believe was on season four. She was the first queen to ever be disqualified on air. I know. Okay, so uh, that's like season I watch because I love Willem. I think. Oh, like, yeah, Willem rules. Willem's hilarious. <laughs> also, like big star is born fan over here so like of course willem uh so good in that movie okay yeah. go on go on if you if you don't uh listen to her podcast race chasers with alaska i i need to start listening to it because i also watched the alaska season like the only seasons of drag race that i've seen in full are like the most recent one and the all-stars that has alaska in it and oh the yeah, Willem and disqualified she, she, yeah, she dominated that season. Like, like it, it was, it was, it was crazy. It's like how, amazing. How, like that's, that was a very good season too. Um, but anyway, back to the point. They they do a very good job of filling in a lot of the gaps, not only um, from their seasons, but also in like the larger historical context. And Willem talked about how Logo in its infancy, when it was back on basic cable, it was very crunchy. Think like um, like public access level was like the first days when I when I remember it. She was like, yeah, they wouldn't let us even pitch things about drag. So I thought it was really weird. Uh, she knew because she her husband had a show on the on the network at the time about basketball. Um, and she was like, yeah, it was very weird that suddenly I had pitched them. They were like, it was no good. But suddenly there was a reality competition show. And that was like basically all that she said. It was like, it was just interesting to her that they changed their minds about things. And suddenly was like, oh yeah, uh, drag queens are an, an acceptable uh, thing to portray in our culture. Because at the time back in the late 90s, early 2000s, drag queens were not respected though, or not revered publicly the way that they are now. It was a completely yeah. different thing. You, you know, 
uh, cis gay men, you know, they were ashamed to be to, to be seen or to date or or to you know be associated in any way. Um, and even for cis drag queens, you could lose uh, you know a lot if you were outed that way. So it was a very big thing to actually get a show about drag on. Um, and for the most part, it was very empowering. And it was like, oh, let's find a new superstar. But now that I'm looking with the lens of like a decade later yeah. and knowing what I know about both uh, the origins of Logo and their position on drag, also uh, World of Wonders, pretty reactionary politics regarding casting and other things that I'm not sure uh, I can talk about publicly and I won't. Uh, yeah, but just like little things that make you go, huh, it's really, they seem reactionary. And that's when it came to me. And again, tell me if I'm wearing a tinfoil hat. I think Drag Race, RuPaul's Drag Race, was designed to be an exploitive thing to embarrass these queens, to be the full-on parody. Um, and they just didn't realize that it was going to come along with all the heart and talent that drag queens had. Wow. So RuPaul... Got to go because there are rumors that RuPaul was about to quit drag right before she got this show. Um, I don't know how true they are, but I do know she wasn't necessarily like feeling her oats as much as she was. Uh, you know, it was like, you know, it was like one of the, the valleys of her career right. uh, as it's going to happen to somebody with longevity. Um, suddenly it was an amazing, empowering show, yeah. but it still had like that. It had like slurs in it, transphobic slurs. It had them go making the, the dolls go out on fucking Hollywood Boulevard and talk to strangers in daylight. When day walking is already very stressful if you don't even have to go talk to somebody. Yeah. I don't know if you any of you have ever gotten up in drag or something where you're very conspicuous. Even if you love it, even if you make money off it, if TV producers are going, go talk to those tourists, it'll be funny, you're going to feel self-conscious. And they're constantly doing things that, like, really put these girls through the ringer in, in ways that can, like, fuck up their bodies. You know, they're always having to do all these fucking stunts and, and death drops and shit. And it was like, oh, these are, like, wrestlers. They're amazing, but they're going to ruin their right. bodies before their career's even over. And it just all clicked in me. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think don't, they started to show to embarrass drag I don't queens. think you're wearing a tinfoil hat because, like, I because the tone of those early seasons is very, like, parody of top models. So, like... If the vibe is like, oh, we're make we're gonna make fun of like how ridiculous these people are, like that kind of tracks like with the yeah. overall tone and, of the show. And then when it comes down to RuPaul, because I know World of Wonder are like her bosses, they're like the producers stuff, and like she's probably like gained more creative and and political control since then, obviously because she's the face, um, and, and she's everything. But I I sometimes wonder if she might. And this could be wishful thinking only just because she literally wrote, you know, invented the phrase, we're all born naked and the rest is drag, which vies very closely to my definition of drag of like, uh, it's kind of like how swimming is both just an activity you can do. And it's also a, a sport. I feel like there's drag in the heightened uh, art form of like presenting masculinity and femininity in an entertaining yeah. way. But there's also drag in the way that trans people um, talk use, usually used it um, in the 70s like uh, drag queens were often just trans women drag is just like what you're putting on it's what it's like, like how you wear your hair it's like you know it, even if you wear chapstick or have dry lips yeah. it's like all of the ways that you present yourself to form 
to help others form an opinion about you just as they right, just like perform like self-performance like performing yourself yeah and i got the inspiration for that from rupaul so i'm like how the fuck did we get from that to her saying that uh that women say taking estrogen was a like a, a, a performance enhancing a drug so fucked up. <laughs> like in the olympics and that's why they couldn't so compete. fucked up that's like such a that's so evil i hate that like like have those guys haven't gotten butt in and boob implants anyway I mean, they all have lip <laughs> injections for sure too like um here, well boomer like rupaul's just a boomer maybe like at the end of the day like is RuPaul just... I don't... I think it's more oh, yeah. complicated than that. I do think there is probably a side to her that is more boomer and right-leaning just based off of, like, the economics right. of it. You know, RuPaul is fracking, so we can't say that she's... <laughs> that she's a diehard liberal leftist. She's out here fracking. Um, but I also think... Um, and I'm going to always, you know, ultimately put the responsibility on her if she is performing acts of transphobic violence. I do think it probably didn't help her to be around all these reactionaries for so many years, like, you know, constantly drilling in her head, like, yeah, you're a freak show. Let's see how long we can milk this for. Yeah. And I think I think the reactionary politics of the first few seasons were, were covered up very well by anyone who wasn't necessarily like tight, tight, tight in not just the queer community, but the drag queer community. Um, it was like an outsider. I think I, I showed look- you that article. Yeah, yeah, that article the other day, that academic article from uh, Professor Hunter Hargraves. Yes, I, cl- I glanced um, at it. Tell me about that. Yeah, I can I can kind of break it down, um, and I can absolutely send you a link if any of your viewers do want to see yeah, it. Yeah, I'll put a, it in the show notes. I'll put it in the show notes under sources, everybody, if you're if you're listening to the podcast. Yeah. Oh, he's a, and he's a fabulous writer. He also wrote about Mariah Carey's borderline disorder and how we failed her. Oh like he's God. fucking a genius on, on TV and reality and everything. You would you would love his work, but on this one. He talked about the commodification of HIV in, uh, by RuPaul's Drag Race. In the first season, if any of you uh, are are big fans, you would uh, remember that Absolute did, um, and Viva and Mac uh, did this collaboration awareness project for AIDS. And the, and the queens had like a whole big old challenge around it um, where they had to like talk about, you know, HIV and AIDS awareness, something that is like a critically important topic to us yeah. here in the, in the gay community because we're still we're still like uh figuring out how to make people understand the stigma is far greater than the actual risk and uh that you know that you can still live a, a wonderful life if you are uh you equal you that's undetectable um which is like so easy to do today um but back then in the day it was not quite there yet the way that we talked about these things um you know not as many people were taking prep and in this article, he talks about how they were basically forcing these queens to talk about AIDS. And then absolutely, just if you think about how marketing works, then they would take all of this AIDS awareness, this trauma, they would package it up by absolute vodka, and they would sell it to people watching basic TV. Because that's essentially what this was. And also talking about how it was kind of an empty gesture in the beginning, uh, because uh, nobody was out as being positive on that show. So everyone was thinking hypothetically, they were thinking maybe about experiences they'd had with friends, family members, but none of them were speaking from their truth. And it actually caused Angina to come out of the closet on me at a time when like these sort of declarations were not being made as being pause herself. Beautiful, uh, you know, heart-wrenching to watch. Yeah. But it also makes you go, should she have had to do that? For like um, a vodka ad. And was this was this a very ethical thing to present to a bunch of 
uh, of drag queens who did not know get to know what they were going to be talking about ahead of time. Yeah, I, I, I do think that that's like very ethically murky. And like, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, if those people were fine with doing those things back in the day, like how much of their politics have, have actually changed? You know, who are they voting for? Right. Do we think that they're put, having these gals get all up in the red, white, and blue, and then they're not voting Trump to keep their money? I don't buy it, baby. <laughs> I mean, like, I think you're onto something. I think you're onto something. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I think it all ties back to the trans-exclusionary uh, vibes, especially in the New York scene. If you want to see a little bit more uh, female representation and trans representation, uh, watch the documentary, The Coquettes. It's all about the origins of West Coast uh, drag as, as it was in the 70s scene. And, and uh, it's about a troupe that became famous. They were the troupe that discovered John Waters and um, Divine. Oh, my Divine God. Amazing. Was a member of the Coquettes for a moment. And there were cis women drag queens on the show and yes. in the show that they did. And uh, there are even cis drag queens complaining about it during the documentary. So that's how we have the historical precedents. So fuck you if you don't want women in drag. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you, bitch. They've just, they, they've just been there. And trans people were going to keep being there. <laughs> this was such a good discussion. I feel like I learned so much. Okay, Cockheads is what is our is our yeah. documentary that we're like all going to watch. The word cock and uh, the Rockettes put together. Um, I think it's a documentary yeah. you can get on Amazon. And I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Especially if you're more interested in like the more spiritual and woo-woo side of, of drag. I and mean, like making political statements and shit. It's great. I'm a big spiritual <laughs> woo-woo type of gal over here. So I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. Um, Reed, where can we find you, stalk you online? What can we plug for you? <laughs> um, I would very much love it if uh, if anybody wanted to keep up with me and talk more drag or whatever. Um, I'm at that dang dingus on Instagram and Twitter. Okay, great. Everybody follow Reed. This was so, this was, ugh, we gotta have you back because next time something drag comes up like in the news cycle, I gotta have you back to like, Please, really? You, yeah, I know they're start, they're about to start Holland, uh, Drag Race Holland, because they're just gonna do the whole Olympics of drag now. And I'm actually happy with it. I think it breaks I up the format. I think that's great. Cool. I didn't yeah. watch the Canada one, but I heard it was good. And I, I found out there was a queen in uh, Drag Race Canada that uh, only wore yellow or something. Lemon. <laughs> was it Lemon? Lemon. I don't know. I, I So I started following Lemon and I approve of Lemon. Shout out to Lemon because <laughs> I invented yellow and that means I invented Lemon, I guess. I don't know. I, I'm excited for um, Drag Race Holland. They're going to have uh, bearded queens and more boyishy uh, gender fuck stuff. I think they're finally allowing themselves Good. to get away from the very tired cisgender men putting on drag, uh, you know, dresses and big wigs, which I love. But I'm ready to see more. Yeah, let's mix <laughs> it up. Let's mix it up. Okay, Reed, thank you so much. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. Like uh, me on uh, YouTube and podcasts and leave us a review. And let's all watch the Coquettes and learn a thing or two and follow at that dang dingus. All right. Yeah. But, oh, I was going to say, you got to watch for this part, the part when Angela Lansbury walks out of their show of the uh, Coquettes, uh, if, uh, if that can tease you. Wow. I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> Okay, everybody, I'll be back on Friday. Until next time, stay hot and stay rich. I'm so fucking